Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, fellow Wizards fans? Tonight, uh, we're going to do a sort of reaction podcast to the Big Three reunion and Wizards Heat game, or Wizards Sioux Falls Sky Force game. I don't know, however you want to look at it. Sky Force plus Kyle Lowry. I don't know. We'll get into that. Uh, Osmond Bag of Bullets Forever is going to join me here in a couple minutes. First, just a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. As your continued source for all sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, let's just get right into it. Uh, Oz and I are going to kind of break down this game and sort of the tribute to the big three. Air quotes, big three. All right. For the second time in a week here, I've got Oz back. Oz, how's it going, man? It's good, man. It's good. So uh, you just asked me before I pressed record and I said, let's save it for this. And the first question was, how was the ceremony? So for anyone who didn't attend and didn't get to see this part of it on TV, it was weird, in my opinion. Uh, maybe I'm just in a bad mood after watching bad basketball. I don't know. And it's kind of got me in a funk about how the ceremony went, but it was just weird to me. Like the, I, it's kind of hard to explain. Like the place was probably two thirds full. Mm-hmm. And I don't know of those two thirds people in the building. Uh, I would say half of them were heat fans. Like it was really loud. There was a let's go heat chant. That was like <laughs> louder than anything I heard, you know, comparable for the wizards tonight. So yeah, I think that sort of, like maybe colored the celebration a little bit here, but it was just, they walked him out there. Like, first of all, Gilbert was sitting with Jameson next to Zach Leonsis tonight. Ted was not around for wherever he was, but they trot him out there. Karan comes back out of the locker room. They stand there, they wave. There were really nice intro videos for each of them that right. were narrated by Buck Hans and Chenier for anyone. They showed those on TV. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. So that, yeah. that's good. I thought those were very nicely done. And that's cool. They came out, they waved, they got their trophies or they're, they're the jerseys, <laughs> their custom jerseys, which I'm surprised, I'm surprised like Monumental <laughs> didn't make them like pay for their own jerseys from the gift shop or something, but they got their commemorative jerseys and they waved and they walked off. I doubt they showed this part on TV, but Gilbert like took pictures with people, signed autographs like before and after the game, before yeah. and after halftime. Super cool. Appreciate him doing that. 
again, had him on the show once, couldn't have been a better guy. And I think he was just like happy to be back there. It was very weird to me that they did not let those guys talk. And maybe they thought Gil would be a, a loose cannon or something, but just, hey, we're happy to be back. This means a lot to us. You let them each say a sentence and you keep it moving. Yeah, it, that. so I wasn't sure because <clears throat> I wasn't able to make it tonight. So I'm watching on, at halftime and they're showing it on NBC Sports and it's they showed the full tribute video for each, which was pretty cool. It was nicely mm-hmm. done. Nice seeing all the highlights and, you know, and uh, you see a lot of the Gilbert game winners. You don't really see a lot of the Quran stuff. You don't yeah, see. Exactly. So it was nice to see that. Uh, but it was strange. I thought, and I thought maybe that we didn't see everything. You would think, let them speak a little bit. Just something, just a quick Especially, nod. Like the thing is, Jameson works for the organization. So why right. not him? Quran is an assistant. Okay. Maybe you're a little worried about what Gil says, but that's really why let's be real about it. People were there for Gil. It was a big three, but it's also, because of him. Yeah, Jameson's around for stuff, you know? Right. And Arenas has a ton of personality. Yeah. And it would have been nice for him to say something because look, so they had the dinner. They I thought they did a really nice job with some of the stuff, like recreating some of the old pictures. Sure. Uh, that was like a nice touch. Uh, I think they had a dinner last night. They did a lot of cool things, but not things that the fans could be a part of. Yeah. So why wouldn't you let them speak there? And I thought that was a missed opportunity. Uh I mentioned Gilbert sitting with Zach Leonsis. I don't know if Zach just not a particularly stimulating conversationalist, but Gilbert was texting on his phone for literally the entire fourth quarter. Yeah. And overtime. So it's it was also like, like I'm I'm curious where Ted was. Like you should be there that day. You know? It just it was shit basketball. I don't blame him for not wanting to watch. I I, <laughs> I heard like every single dad around me said, like, but you should give Gilbert a jersey to go out there. He could play better than these guys. And yeah. it's like that's a terrible joke, but it's also like not wrong. I mean, yeah. like big three Gilbert couldn't guard anybody, but neither can most of our guards anyway. <laughs> so uh, that was weird. They showed Phil Shanier uh, and Steve Buckhans on the monitor. I don't know if they showed this on TV, but they got a quick like standing ovation. They yeah, hopped they it out that. again, 10 seconds. I mean, like that's, that's all we get. We, we trotted these guys back out here. We gave them one hundreds level seats. We show them on the screen for a minute. They hug it out. And then that's it from them. Other than the voiceovers that they did. It was just, it was weird. Yeah. Why could you have, again, like if, if it was me, you know, like I would have them to introduce the big three. Yeah, exactly. Then you have everyone involved, engaged speaking. Yep. It's just, you know, like they did some things well with it, but like kind of fumbled it at the end. I thought, you know, the only member of the old guard that got like any real chance to do anything active was g-man and all he got was one trampoline dunk that was it and then he was out yeah so like we brought him out of retirement to dunk one time and then i don't know it, it was just a, a very underwhelming reunion i would say it was a it was a photo op and a chance to get a few butts in seats and maybe they sell some retro gear and that's yeah. all that matters at the end of the day yeah and then and then one other thing and this is kind of just like Remember Ben Becker mentioned this the first time they played on that court. You don't see it at the stadium, but they have the Paisanos mm-hmm. like ad. Yeah. It's just, and I know you're getting paid, sure. but it's like, can't for one day you just yeah. not, yeah. you know, because it looks so bad. <laughs> uh, Paisanos Supreme Pizza, though. Ooh, that is really good <laughs> stuff. Uh, but yeah, like, let's just throw it back. I don't know. We couldn't get like an Eastern motors or something, you know, in yeah. there instead oh, for one would, night only. See another one, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, it just felt, 
hap- haphazardly done. I, I don't even really know how to explain how I felt about it, but I would say the general consensus, at least in our section, we were like halfway down 109, yeah. more Wizards fans than kind of most of our neighboring sections, which was actually nice, except for the little kid heat fan next to me that was just screaming at me the entire game. But <laughs> uh, most people seemed underwhelmed, to be honest. And yeah, I, that's, I don't know if that came across on TV, but it, it was like, there was a loud applause for Gil and then a loud applause when they left. And then it was sort of just like, all right, well, that was it. Yeah. You got to let them talk. Just something, just something. Hey, yeah. it's so good to be back. Cool. Yay. You know, like you could even script it for him. Just, just something. He's not going to go up and do like finger guns because, and, and yeah, shit I, on the court. Like, because everyone knows the background, but like the whole thing is not just having him there. It's like having him re-engage with the fans yeah. and re-engage and, and that part didn't entirely happen. You have no history as a franchise. Like yeah. in until you have wall back or something like that. Like this is the history of the wizards portion of the organization. And if this mm-hmm. is your wizards 25 year, you know, anniversary tour or whatever we're calling this, like that's the face of it. And just to try to make out for 10 seconds, maybe this was like a let's dip our toe in the water and see how it goes kind of thing. But if that's the case, don't market it as like this big deal. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah. Couldn't agree uh, more. All right. And so that was the off the court. Well, it was still on the court, but not during <laughs> play product. Uh, let's talk about the actual on court. During, that may, that, that like somehow even is just worse than kind of the underwhelming ceremony, you know? Kyle Lowry. Okay. Triple double tonight. 24 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists. Pretty good. Not surprising. I mean, it's a little surprising because. He's now old and slow and does that been, and do that against anyone except bad. us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Max Struess, 22 points. Eh, not crazy. He does that every once in a while. Caleb Martin, 12 points, five rebounds, three assists. Total aside real quick. I loved the Martin twins. I swear to God, my wife will vouch for this. I DVR'd every Nevada game there last year. <laughs> loved both him and Cody and Jordan Caroline. Oh, the must bus. Eric Musselman, so good. But he's a meh NBA player. Right. And then Haywood Highsmith. Nikola Jovic, not Jokic, Jovic, Orlando Robinson, who I actually liked for the Wizards with their second round pick. And then Jamal Kane. Oz, we're on a group chat together. You you know I I talk about random people all the time. Yeah. I have no fucking clue who Jamal Kane is. I watch Never more basketball, before. obscure basketball than anyone. I watch a shit ton of G League. I literally do not know <laughs> who that person is. I'll admit, I have no idea who he is. I had no idea who Highsmith was. <laughs> Highsmith was cool because he was like a second round or uh, sorry, not second round. He was a division two guy. Okay. And you don't see many of those. And, and he's like kind of been around ish for the last couple of years. Yeah. It's, it's no idea about Kane though. You know, like, I mean, even Lowry, like I'll just say that more just like, I was like livid Mm -hmm. because it's been years since Kyle Lowry was doing this to us. Yeah. And it's like, how old is he now? Mid, mid to late 30s. I think he's, he's 35, something like 35. that. Um, there was some PTSD about, twinges there, you know? Like, yeah. It's like he just brought back all those bad memories of Kyle Lowry doing that to us in the regular season. Yes, we had the playoff series against him, but in the regular season, he owned us. Yeah. And like, even at the end, when um, did Lowry take the shot right before the end of regulation? Like, watching Beal uh, try to stay in front him. of Lowry he, yes, and yes, not be able to. Yeah. Now, Lowry happened to miss his shots, but I was like, my God, the guy that we just gave a quarter billion dollars to that we don't ask to be a stopper cannot stay in front of Kyle Lowry, you yeah. know? Um, and Jovich, 
who's a rookie, literally backdoored us. How many times today? Probably like five, six times today. And it's like, it just, it was just mind numbing watching. It was, it was just the most infuriating, you know, like, um, it was, it's like the line from, uh, white man can't jump when they won the game. And then, uh, his girlfriend broke up with him and no, and said, basically like, sometimes you win, but you lose. Yep. It's like, yeah, honestly, I mean, this game Lizard was Fred said that. I think, yeah, the wizards technically like, won on paper. Everyone who has ever watched basketball lost tonight. The sport of basketball lost that that took yes. place. It, it was an actual abomination on the court for large stretches of that game. And, and I, I actually found you and I both talked about this. We did a whole podcast about it. There were some real positives to me from that Oklahoma city game. There are like a few I'm going to try really hard to pull out of tonight, but for 75% of it, it was probably the worst basketball I've watched all year. Yeah. Like it, it, it wasn't even that they quit. They were just that bad. Like the Brooklyn game, everyone quit. That game was just over. Yeah. And you know, some, sometimes it's going to happen. You're just going to get run off the floor, but this one, they, they actually seemed like they wanted to win it. They were just awful and they didn't know how to play. And their coach couldn't coach them out of a wet paper bag. And I never bash Wes on here. He was awful tonight. Yeah, they can't. They Miami went to a two, three zone and it stumped the Wizards probably for three and three quarters in the overtime. It, it had to be more than that because I had the same thought watching it in real time. Like maybe I can't tell from the angle there, there must be something more complicated they're doing here. And their post-game comments were like, "We, you said this too. Like, we've never seen that tonight. Like, what they did tonight, we've never seen that kind of zone." Yeah, I think they're before. saying that because, like, you know, and that's one of those things where it's like a deflection. It looked like a regular zone, and all they did see the Wizards couldn't. And this has been an issue that we talked about on the last podcast about what they have at the guard position. Even Beal, they can't get past that first layer of defense consistently. Yeah. In Brad's case, he can once in a while, but he sure. dribbles the ball, dribble, dribble, dribble. And the last thing you want to do against a zone is just dribble in place because the zone just gets more and more entrenched. Mm. So you're not manipulating the zone at all. And then the other thing that we do is like, we just, we just played slow. So we yeah. got the rebound. We'd walk it up. You don't want to walk up against the zone because the zone gets set. Right. And then all we really try to do was just feed that high post and then reverse the ball off there. But that's just setting up for jumper after jumper after jumper, which is exactly what Miami wanted us mm -hmm. to do. So instead of getting into the paint and getting into the high post, but then feeding the blocks or the dunker spot or trying to get some like a weak side cut action, everything just kicked back out. And it was just pathetic basketball. I mean, it wasn't, it, it's embarrassing that that's how an NBA team played against his own defense. And if you're an NBA team, if any advanced scouts were there today, they should do that, run that against us every single time. Jamal because why, Kane. Yeah. yeah. Jamal Kane. I cannot get past this. Yeah. I had to look him up four years at Marquette. He never averaged double digit points. And then he played at the <laughs> university of Oakland and scored 20 points per game as a fifth year senior. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Jamal Kane. That's who the yeah. wizards almost lost to on what was probably the biggest night for the fan base this year. I mean, like mm -hmm. it's the most hyped I've been to go to a game in like, I don't know, five years, I would say. And I'm not even being hyperbolic about that. And yeah. they like literally sucked the life from me. Yeah. And now you're back home. You're just angry now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if I, I said this to my wife on the on the walk out to the parking garage, yeah. like I would be inconsolable if they had lost that game. And normally I'm like, you know, like I, I was saying, like, if even if they win this, they lose this, like you were just saying, but like it does make a big difference that they won it. Like it's the only reason I'm like functional right now. Yeah. 
if they had actually blown that game, I would have been just like tweeting like explosions and saying, blow it up <laughs> over and over again. And then like on top of there, so I want to, I want to circle back to like the big three, but there are a couple of other things that just like, like just talking points that just, and everything that like people have been debating and going back and forth over it all just, it all just collapsed on, onto itself tonight. Um, they have not been playing together when or playing well, when everyone is healthy. Mm-hmm. And just, this is just more evidence to that. Like when Beal, Kuzma, Porzingis are all there, something is off with the dynamic. Um, that hasn't changed. Denny had been doing playing pretty well, and then he had a decent statistical game against Oklahoma City. Today he was terrible. He, those were legitimate fouls. Anyone whining about the fouls doesn't know basketball. Those were terrible fouls. He had he a terrible karate chopped Kyle Lowry on one across both wrists yeah. and, yeah. and then did the like who me for like 20 seconds yeah. after he was just like not he, he did not approach the game the right way today. and was just terrible. Yep. Um, Corey had a good game, but this was also the funny right when they went zone, the Wizards had taken Corey out and they left Will Barton, who has mm. been terrible and continued that trend. I don't even think he got into the second half. I don't and remember. It took Wes like six to seven minutes of game time to figure out, hey, they're playing zone. This might be an opportunity to we need to put Corey Kisper back out there. And I'm not a huge Corey Kisper fan, but against a team playing zone, he has to be on the floor because like his whole thing is like it's hard to generate him enough three point attempts because of kind of his low release point and like, you know, and with the lack of a point guard. But against the zone, he's going to get it. So play him. This is his game. Play him. <laughs> there were a couple times, though, where he really forced it and heaved it up quickly because, like, he was afraid of getting blocked on somebody closing yeah. out on him. Twice, Caleb Martin, like, almost got him. And he made one of them. He, I mean, he yeah. shot well for not. He was five of eight from three. But the fact that he is, like, terrified to dribble in the fourth quarter of a basketball game also really hurts you uh, when yeah. you just have Brad and... And Kuzma out there. And that's not so much a Corey problem as it is. It goes back to the fundamental like lack of a point guard. The fact that yeah. Monte Morse was unplayable against 35-year-old Kyle Lowry, it should tell them everything they need to know. Like, yeah. if they have Jordan Goodwin tonight, they win this game by 15 and we're not even mm-hmm. talking about it. Like that's that says a lot that we rely on Jordan Goodwin that much. That much. Chris exactly. Chris Dunn should literally be on his way up to the roster tomorrow. Yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. And then um, the other thing about it is they they actually br- they bridged the gap early in the beginning. Mm-hmm. of I think it was beginning of the fourth quarter, very early in the fourth quarter, where it was a one point game or tied. So at that point, it's basically they've climbed the hill. It's even now. Now you close. And then that's when that's when Kuzma and Beal basically like lost their minds on the floor. Hot potato. <coughs> scared. Hot, scared hot to shoot, potato. scared to pass. It was weird. Yeah, they just were turning it over every single time. And even Gooden was saying it. And sometimes yeah, everyone like bashing Gooden, but he's he once in a while does keep it a little yeah. real out there. Sure. Like he'll say just sorry, quick, like when Wes when West Hansel Jr. went all bench, he's like, Why are we going all bench? He'll he'll say the truth once in a while, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, Why like basically at that point he called them out. He was like, We're playing ISO ball now. And we didn't come back playing ISO ball, but now it's reverted back to ISO ball. And that's always what happens to us in the fourth quarter. But against a team like Miami, these guys are exhausted. There's seven guys playing the entire game. You came back a certain way. Don't, don't revert back to what does not work. And we know it doesn't work. And that's like, like you said, the fundamental flaw with this roster is you have, that's another thing we could talk about. 
I don't know if this whole big three, like, you know, big three reunion was like a, a chance for them to kind of soft launch their new big three, but because they said it a shit ton on the TV today, literally yeah. every other sentence from Chris Miller was, Hey, the big three Kuz, Beal, Porzingis have 60 some odd points. They kept going on and on and on about that. Chris is the nicest man, but he is like a straight up propagandist. So oh, if he was saying it, I mean, it was like fed to him word for word of like, this is what you need to call them so we can sell those t-shirts. Yeah. So they kept calling them the big three, but the problem with the big three is this. That's where your money's going to be tied up. That's where your touches are going to be tied up. If in the fourth quarter, you cannot really trust Kuzma with the ball in his hands as an on-ball player because he's going to turn it over. And you can't really tr- uh, trust Beal in that role because he is definitely going to turn it over. He's going to get stripped quarter. every it's time. Seven turnovers today again. Um, so Kuzma maybe like on and off, but like he should be more of a second. But the thing is, uh, if those are your two primary ball handlers in the fourth quarter, they're going to turn it over. The other thing is when Beal has the ball, Kuzma then has to go off ball. Right. And we saw and we, we saw today and we've seen the difference in the last two games with what he was prior to that. He is a different player when he's on the ball than he is when he's sitting in the corner. He did make the clutch, the clutch coup shot. That was a big shot, clearly. But he then he hit like literal nuts of steel. Three. But yeah, exactly. When yeah, they he, matter, he makes them. But yeah. And he looks, he does not, he does not look comfortable. He does not look the same when he is parked in the corner watching Beal dribble the ball. He also got stuck with a couple grenades too, or like yeah. Beal dribbled around. Taj tried to set the screen. He waved it off. He threw it to Corey. Corey threw it back to him. And then they kicked it cross court to Kuz who like heaved it with like one second on the shot yeah. clock. And it's like, I mean, he, he was two of 12 tonight. He was awful shooting the yeah. ball. I, I'm not excusing that, but like, it's probably really should only be like two of nine, you know, like a right. realistic ones, but it's still terrible. Yeah. But the whole issue is like, so, so Beal's going to be on making his 50 million. Kuzma's going to hit free agency with a lot of teams. Making, like, so let's just say, makes 20. let's just KP. say 20, like being just like overly generous. He's going to make 20. Well, let's say overly generous. Between Porzingis and Kuzma, they make like, like say, 55. Okay. So like, like somewhere yeah. between yeah. 105 to 110 million between those three. Yeah. And none of those three are point guard and can be, tr- like none of those three can be trusted consistently to get into the pain in the fourth quarter and make the right decision. Right? Yeah. You just, you have to be perfect with the whole rest of your roster construction around that. Right. So how it just doesn't, it's not, it doesn't work. And it's not like this is not a rebuild Let's scrap it argument because I think we're all tired of making that argument because right. they're clearly not listening to people when they say that and, and have no interest in doing so. But you gotta one of these three have to go for a point guard. Yeah. If you want to try this, because yeah. it's just not gonna work as is. You just like you can't have a team built where you can't survive the loss of Delon Wright and Jordan Goodwin. Yeah. And they're so integral to how the whole rest of this team works. And we've seen that it's not just a fluke. It's everything breaks down when you don't have somebody who can one guard point of attack and two like get into the teeth of the defense, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you, you just see like the gears start grinding like immediately. Yeah. And, and the point about like Kuzma, if he's your third or fourth best ball handler on the court, uh, that's great. And you have spacing and other people are threats to penetrate like, and, and he can kind of catch someone by surprise. Like that's when he's going to be valuable to you and he'll make the right read and all that stuff. When he's like your point guard and every trip down, they know all he wants to do is get into the lane and then try to kick to someone. 
it's just going to look bad every time. And that's when all of those turnovers come. And it's when he's surrounded by a bunch of dudes that can't dribble and can't shoot. Yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But then this is what's also frustrating about the whole thing. Then after the game, Beal's on and um, he says, Kuz and I and Porzingis, this is what we got to do. We got to step up every night and make sure we're ready to go and lead the team. And hopefully the rest of the guys will follow. Mm. It's like he's already taking that big three thing to heart himself. Yeah. yeah. And he's basically creating a divide between him and the rest it's of us. Team. It's the others. They're the others. It's the others. And yeah. let, let's be real. One of the others, Corey Kispert, is why they came back today. Because yeah, those guys couldn't break the zone. Corey Kispert could break the zone. So don't different. Like, it's one thing to not be a natural leader or natural kind of in that role. It's another thing to just actively create like a divide on the team, yeah. you know, and say, here's us three, especially when you, when you three played like crap. <laughs> And like the U3 could not solve a two, three zone and you're creating a device. Say if they follow, they follow, but we got to do this every single night. You know, it's like, no, you look yourself in the mirror and be honest. And then he said, we have to play defense again. And it's like, okay, just don't even pretend. Meanwhile, Porzingis was like, Hey, our, our defense was really bad in the first half. And in the second half, that's what turned it around for us. We defended much better offense. Meh. Like I'm obviously really roughly paraphrasing here, but He's not wrong. They gave up 69 first half points. And in the second half, they held their opponent to a season low for a second half, 35 points, only 16 of those in the fourth quarter. They outscored the heat three to two in overtime, which by itself is hysterically terrible. Yeah. Uh, And it's funny. If you look at some of the stats and you hadn't seen the game, you'd be like, well, maybe they weren't that bad. They held the heat to 11 of 43 from three, which is 25%. Mm Mm-hmm. And they themselves shot 15 of 46, not great, but it's 33%. So, you know, still better than what he did. They had a season high 33 assists, which I don't know how the hell that happened. It didn't seem like anybody assisted anybody. <laughs> they had a seat tied a season high with 54 rebounds. Porzingis was great on the boards. He was terrible in almost every regard. Yeah. He left everything short today. I don't know if his legs were not there today, but he left a lot of shots short. You know, sometimes I think when you're chasing around guards and shit too, like yeah. it's, it's different. I think also one thing with the assists, it's it wasn't like you said, it's a, the raw number is good, but it wasn't really an assist game. It's really a result of when they did score, it was feed the high post, swing it to the other side, somebody made a shot. So technically an assist, but it's not really off a significant action. You know, it just happened to be that's how Miami forced them to play. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing that was also a little, I, and I wanted to ask you, you were there, so you probably saw it a little better. There seemed to be a lot of confusion defensively, even though, so Miami did slow down the second half. Mm-hmm. This first half was absurd that they, they let that, the talent that was on the floor score 69 points. And really what happened in the second half is what should have, considering how undermanned they were, that's what it should have been to a degree. Because those guys, one, got tired, but they're also not good enough to score that much. You know, they should I, I not do, I, much. To be fair to the Wizards, because I, I, I love to bash them, but they actually did ratchet things up. Yeah. Like in terms of overall intensity. And I, I thought Przingis especially um, was better, you know, keeping guys away from the rim. 
but there was still a lot of confusion, which is, I think, where you're going with this. Well, yeah, there's confusion. And I think there's like people who just kind of, there's on their own, you have, you know, there were a lot of possessions, especially when the game was big. Like there were, there was one particular where we tied it. They came back down. We're switching everything. And then Beal decides not to switch. Yeah. So was it Beal deciding on his own, I'm staying with Lowry, which then left open, I don't even remember, maybe it was Kane or it whoever was it was. Smith, yeah. It was Highsmith on the A wing. Yeah, him, that's, and, him and Porzingis, Porzingis stayed starting. on Lowry. Yeah. And, and there was another possession before that where they didn't make the shot where the defender was expecting a switch. Um, Beal did not switch. When Beal's guy was setting the screen, he stayed on his man. So the defender had to go around three people to catch up to his guy. So it's like half the team seems to be playing switch everything. Half the team is kind of just doing their own thing. And like, then you see these breakdowns. I mean, even that last, the last play of the game, Max Russ had the shot he wanted. Had a reasonable look. Yeah. It was dead on. It mm-hmm. literally just, yeah, sure. it, it just was like a couple of inches short and hit the yeah. front of the rim. In a lot of cases, like, you know, I was actually waiting for it to like bounce straight up and then go back. Same. In. Yeah. But um, like they, they frankly like just dodged the bullet there because he got the shot he wanted. So there was one where um, Beal and Porzingis got confused on that same ball screen with uh, Lowry and Highsmith. That may be what you're saying when I'm talking about. Yeah. And whatever happened, there was a dead ball after it or something. And Beal was like pointing it at Porzingis and Porzingis just kind of looked at him and like palms up. So one of them was clearly confused. I just don't know which one. And And to your point, they had switched everything prior to that. But I don't know if this was Beal saying like, no, I've got Lowry. Like I, you know, that's the one matchup we won't switch, like where we switch one through four, but Porzingis won't end up on Lowry because that's what they want. I, I don't know what that was because when it was Beal and Kispert, they did switch it and yeah. Kispert ended up on Lowry. So I don't know if Porzingis was the confused one. I don't know if Beal was the confused one, but that happened like three or four times and it right. led to a big Highsmith three in the last couple of minutes. And that's where you got to be just more consistent. Like if, the, if it is to switch, but you want to stay with Lowry, you have to clearly communicate that. Yeah. You can't just be like in my zone, like, no, this is my man. I'm checking him. Like you have to actually tell him I'm switching. Like, don't switch. I'm going to stay with him. Like speak, use words. <laughs> There was also one where Beal tried to pick up full court and Porzingis was yelling, get back, get back and doing, yeah. I'm, I'm, no one can see me other than you, but I'm gesturing for people to get back. And mm-hmm. he was doing that repeatedly. So I don't, I don't know if that was everyone else. I don't know if that was directed at Beal. They just wanted to make Lowry's life work harder. It, it just, it felt like somebody went rogue there. And I, I would, I say this all the time, but like, I would love to just be in a one film session after a game like that and just know like, who who was supposed to do what and right. do they go through those things after because you think if that happens one or two times like that's immediately hey a timeout which one mm-hmm. of you is confused this is what we're doing yeah they're not i mean it's clear they're not all on the same page they don't work well off of each other they don't have that kind of just innate like just communicative skills it's 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 not clean it's clunky and it's impacting the floor and it's not a coincidence that like they only gave up what 100 and how much, how much today? 106. Six. Yeah. With an overtime. But given who they played, it wasn't, it was not a good defensive effort. Second half, obviously better, but still not good. I mean, they were embarrassed against, uh, against Oklahoma city, you know, and this is just going to keep up. They're not going to defend. They're not going to respect their opponents early. And then they're going to have to make a comeback and their comebacks will depend on if they can make shots and if they can protect the ball. It's, it's their formula. It's a shitty formula, but that's what they're, what they're basically banking on now. 
I just don't really know where you go from here if you're the general manager of this team, to be honest with you. Because it's like, if if the Heat had come out and they just hit like 75% of their threes in the first half or something, and it was like, okay, this will eventually cool off and, and this is crazy and it happens every once in a while, a team's hot, so be it. You can shrug that off. But this was, once again, a team of players not taking someone seriously, despite them only being a 500 team themselves, <laughs> uh, who has never actually won anything with a player, like a bunch of players other than Kuzma, who have never actually won anything. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're in a dogfight. Like we have to strap up because this would be embarrassing for us. Like we would lead Sports Center if we don't win this. So, yeah, you know, kudos to them. They did win it. And kudos to Kuzma for making the one clutch shot that saved it. But they got lucky. They got lucky against a really bad team and that those guys missed some shots and like the, that call that got overturned. I, I didn't get to see it on TV. I would love your perspective watching it in the arena. It looked a lot like Taj hit Orlando Robinson. He on 100% the wrist hit first. him. Yeah. He hit him. I don't know why they changed it. I guess. I don't know exactly what the rule is on follow through. He definitely if you hit touch him on the ball. If you touch ball first and then you hit wrist on follow through, they don't call foul supposedly because it's a continuation of the ball. I just think he just hit him on the follow through after the ball was gone. Yeah. So it was a little surprising that they overturned it, at least to me. Um, also, we never get that call anyway. We never they, get that call. They anyway. immediately got yeah. the makeup call on the one where Beal got slapped on the wrist and then threw it out of bounds. Like that's what it looked yeah. like again to me from the arena. But uh, yeah, I mean, either one of those, like both could have gone against them and they lose mm-hmm. that game. Uh, Robinson's so, got pretty good touch for a big dude. I bet you he makes at least two or three. <laughs> so here's uh, kind of just, I wanted to go over some of the games that here, here are the last set of games that Beal has played in with the, with the team. Okay. And I think you'll see a recurring theme. So the Indiana loss, um, the one at home, mm. then they, they got blown out at Boston. They lost to Philadelphia. They did win one versus Philadelphia in Philadelphia. 42-point loss to Brooklyn, the loss to Oklahoma City, and then the 1-point win today. So these are the last seven games that Beal has played in. Right. And again, this is not pointing the finger at him. But the Indiana game, they were pretty much non-competitive and were terrible defensively the entire game. The Boston game was over in the first quarter. The first Philadelphia game... They made a little bit of a run, it but was it was competitive. It was competitive ish, but it wasn't, it never wasn't, didn't come down to the wire. Right. And I don't think like we were ever right in there, but we were kind of hanging around. Then the second Philadelphia game was good. Brooklyn was embarrassing. Oklahoma city lottery team. We gave up, like we gave up 200 points. And then tonight, this is just the last seven games that their franchise players played in. The chemistry has been awful. The defense has been awful. And they have only looked, I would say, good in one game, that Philadelphia game in Philadelphia, the second time they got to face an opponent. In those, in the other six games, they have, they never leave, they they didn't even look good, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, so that's an alarming thing to me that in six of the last seven games that Beal has played in, not forget the win loss, they have not looked good in six of the seven games. Tonight, to me, like the Heat wanted loose balls more than them. They were hungrier than them. That's been the nice thing that Jordan Goodwin's brought is that like, this is a guy playing for a roster spot and you could tell. And I think they need a little bit more of that. There's a lot of guys that were like, everyone talks about, we stifled, you know, Rui and Denny's development. No, they both started their first NBA game. Like 
these guys have been a little bit coddled. Uh, like, let's be honest yeah. here. Like this organization coddles certain people. They've coddled Beal for pretty much his entire tenure here. Right. So like they could use a few more guys that are on like the fringes of the NBA, like someone like a Chris Dunn that's been bounced and has had to like work his way back. I, I would actually like to see those minutes because I think those are infectious for people. Like, yeah, I hated playing Taj Gibson next to Chris Porzingis tonight on a team like against a team where you couldn't create offense, especially because again, Kispert's not going to put the ball on the floor and you don't really want Beal or Kuzma to put the ball on the floor. So like, I thought that was weird, but he did play hard. He's he just not hard. good right. anymore. Like he's old and, and sluggish and he gives you nothing offensively, but the effort was there. Like they need a few more of those guys that are going to come out and throw themselves around like crazy people. Yeah. And I I don't know how you do that. And and maybe that is a consolidation trade or whatever, but like, you know, it just, they don't do that when Beal's out there the same way they do it without him. And when he's out, it's like guys like Denny and Rui play harder for some reason, or at least like the, what, is, what it seems like to me. And maybe that's just like, Hey, this is our moment because we're actually going to get touches. But they feel I, like I they're going to be involved. So like even today, right. Rui had 13 points in the first half. Um, had a good all-around game. I think he had 13 points, eight rebounds, three assists in like 25 minutes. Yeah. Played a little more than he did the last game, but he got one shot in the second half. So it's like, and he's not like a Todd Gibson type where he's going to get all dirty, like, you know, kind of yeah. on the ground. Like, you know, he but needs, he to, needs be in to be. <laughs> he needs to be. That's the thing. He needs to do those other things and get all like, you know, but like when young players, when sometimes when they don't get the ball, they kind of don't know what to do otherwise. Like it's, and so it's it's a little weird. It's like it speaks to like their whole body language, like their whole kind of energy and vibe. It's just not there more often than not. And it's they're not a good enough team where it can't be there. You know, like they can't they can't show up with that type of mindset, with that type of. No, when, of when you're not very good, you got to play harder than people. And they just right. don't they don't seem to do that. But when they're getting beat badly, they sulk. Yeah. Beal sulks. Yeah. KP just kind of does his own thing. Like there was some noticeable Beal pouting again tonight. Yeah. There was also a little bit of Rui pouting. And I was like, come on, bro. Like I, I like first Denny, now you like get your ass up off the court. Like I, right. I just don't want to see it. I just don't want to see it. Yeah. And even Kuz, like I honestly didn't even really, he took 22 shots, but I barely noticed him, which yeah. is a weird I, thing to say. I was shocked to look up and see he had 17 points late in that game. I was like, right. holy shit. I thought he had nine. I thought he had nine points and I thought he didn't do much and I th- except for make a few mistakes. And then I look, wait, he has four turnovers, 22 shots, all this. I was like, when did all this happen? Yeah. But it's because he was kind of just quietly hanging, not too demonstrative. Like it was just a bad energy. And like, we've seen that bad energy on the floor more often than not. And they got to just, they got to, well, like we got to say, we always say they got to, they don't, they, they should want to fix it, but they don't. Like, if that means like, Calling Phoenix and getting a, a loud, boisterous guy like Jay Crowder. Yeah. You know what? Gafford's not playing anyway, so you don't need really need a backup center. So if you want to just go like go play small ball, go get Jay Crowder. Then you know mm-hmm. you don't get like Pat Beverly, somebody that's going to be just a cartoon in the locker room and, and stay on whatever. Yeah, it is. You, we can see him tweet in all caps, which is which will be fun. Also, you know, like so. <laughs> More I mean, Jay like, Crowder just emojis on his Instagram. Yeah, no like you, just, you, you need something. You need like someone because there's no leadership on the floor right now. Um, even Kuzma, where he takes like that leadership role, he does not take it when Beal's there. Yeah. He backs down a little bit. Yeah. So like that's not there. You need someone who could kind of bring it all together. 
Todd Gibson is not a good enough player to do that. Like right now he could do it. Like he helped out today a little bit, sure. but if he's playing every like regular rotation minutes, that's a problem. <laughs> they play the Hornets at home again. Cause I guess that, well, this is almost the end of the homestand here, but it seems like they've been home a lot. And this yeah. would have been a, a situation where you'd like to, to back a couple wins, but they play a bad Hornets team. And if they don't win that one, that's going to be real tough for them. So the next game after that is the heat in Miami on the 23rd, who will presumably have at least several competent NBA players back. Uh, so that's going to be tougher. Then they play the heat again that Friday in Miami, who should presumably have even more competent yeah. NBA players, you know, a week later, they play the Celtics in Boston on Sunday, the 27th. And then uh, they're home again against the Timberwolves who, okay. You know, like winnable ish maybe, but the wizards have historically not done well against Rudy Gobert because they're always soft yeah. as shit around the middle. So we'll see. They play the nets who knows what the nets will do. They play the Hornets again on the road. And then like, we're, we're in December at that point and yeah. they're playing the Lakers, you know, like Russell Westbrook revenge game, playing the bulls, like the Pacers. It's just, they, they gotta like take it. Like this would have been a disastrous loss. You have to win these types of games when you get lucky and the schedule fold, like breaks your way and teams don't play their best guys against you. You mm-hmm. have to win every one of those you get. So they're nine and seven. And I think if you just really look at that, those next four games, yeah. where they have the Hornets at home at Miami at Miami and then Boston. Yep. I think they had the at Miami back to back last year also. Didn't they split that last year? They probably will win one of those two because that seems like a very wizards thing to do. And I and I think they split that last time they had that scenario. Sounds right. Um or at least 2 years ago when that happened. So I'm hoping that they can manage to split it. And it usually does seem like that. You get a second chance at a team, yeah. one team kind of lets down a little bit the other. Yep. Um the key is this, like we said, six of the last seven games that Beal has played, they've looked flat and they have not looked good. So that's four more games. This would make it 10. You got to look competent. You got to look good. Now, forget not even competent. You have to look like a good team in at least two of those four games. You can't go to Boston and be blown out five minutes into the game. And really, that game was not competitive at all versus Boston. They were out of it right, right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um you got to go to Miami, win one, and you got to like, frankly, like look good and like look good in doing so and beat beat the Hornets. Like, if they lose to Charlotte Sunday before that three game low str- road trip, then it could just like it could just go south quick, you know. Honestly, we talked about like this is the point in the year last year where like they started having some locker room shit. Like, if you lose to the Hornets, how quickly does all this like we have great chemistry this year thing? like flip into like guys have to do this guys have to do that. Well, yeah. Like, Cause coming off a win, Beal's already saying whoever wants to follow. So yeah. he's already created that divide. He's already created that line between those, the top three and the rest. So yeah, this is about the same time those issues happened last year. And if they don't do well, there's no reason to expect it not to happen again this year. All that media day. We love each other. BS is just BS. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Larry used to always say that on the show. Like, yeah, you you all love each other before the year starts. It's like, what happens when you get punched in the mouth? Like, do right. do you like each other then? Do you fuck with each other then? Like, let's let's see what. And it doesn't about. look like it anymore, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. It, it's um, it's just in general. Like, I I feel like Wes needs a tighter rein on what's going on here, and a stronger presence would have been better. I think he would be the perfect, perfect, like literal perfect, like associate head coach for this team. Yeah, but but they need somebody that like 
you know, hey, when he walks into the room, like everybody turns and is now paying attention. And mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem to be the case. And I don't know. I look like the second most athletic person on the coaching staff. So it says a lot to me too. Like, are they really commanding? I don't know. It's like a bunch of like 30 year old short white dudes. Like uh, I wouldn't even pay attention to my pickup game. So uh, are these NBA players like, yeah. So I, I don't know how they do that. Like we don't see much of James Posey up off the bench. He's like, no, you know, buried down the bench in terms of assistance. I, I think that was more of a gimmick hire. It seemed like, you know, like, like, I don't know, try to punk James Posey. You know what I mean? Like, let him, yeah. you know, let him go in there and be like, nah, this is, this is not going to work. This is how we won championships. Like they need more of that. I think they also need the lawn right back desperately. It's an amazingly fortunate circumstance that Jordan Goodwin's knee injury does not sound like it's going to be all that bad. The fact that yeah. they're already listing him like day to day is a good sign. Yeah. They're going to absolutely need him when they go to Miami. So hopefully he's back by then. Those guys back by Sunday. Right. I mean, honestly, they need him to go out and guard LaMelo Ball or Terry Rozier or whatever. You know, we, we said it before we said the last episode, these guys shouldn't be instrumental to the whole like success of the organization, but they are. So let's just hope they come back quick. And if not, can Johnny Davis give you a few minutes as a point of attack defender? Can Chris Dunn be called up to give you a few minutes? Will Barton can't give you shit offensively. Can like Wes convince him to just like try to be long and mobile enough to like slow someone down like a little bit yeah. defensively. And the Will Barton, that's like his minutes have been terrible. Yeah. Didn't play the second half. Which I'm glad they finally went away from, to be honest yeah. with you. It's it's a relief that Wes finally recognized that. But he's done that in the past where he's finally taken out Neto, for example, but then Neto comes back, plays 25 minutes the next night. So I don't know if, and this is where maybe being too close to a guy, I'm interested in seeing what role Will Barton has on Sunday. Does he give him a chance to quickly earn it back and overcompensate, play him too much? Or does he kind of stick with this? And is this kind of a reflection of, hey, you haven't been playing good, so we're going to make some adjustments now? Oh, I think it'll be a huge Monte game. I bet we see a lot of Monte. Yeah. And then also with Gafford, um, what does he play? Like a total of like 11 minutes the last two games. Yeah, he's so clearly on the outs. I mean, yeah. the guys that I think you definitely have to keep an eye on ahead of the trade deadline, or even maybe even just like when is it December when some of the contracts become eligible for trades? Yeah, first week of summer. My, so by the way, my bold prediction to start the season was that Gafford would be out of the rotation and Tosh Gibson would be the number one backup big on this team <laughs> by December. It is the 19th of November right now. And hey. look Looking pretty strong so far, unfortunately. It does not look bad. And like, it just, it really wouldn't shock me to see Will and Gafford potentially out of here pretty quickly. I still like Gafford, man. I don't understand. Well, I still some do. Of the I hate. just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that they won't trade him. I, I'm just saying I, I would find a way to make it work. They act like he's the root of all problems somehow. And it's, that's not yeah. the case. Well, again, it's like a whole roster issue. Like, so when Gafford got here, he was here with Russ. And Russ, his last kind of like that was last big hurrah, and he was still getting downhill, and it worked, mm-hmm. and he played well defensively. Um, didn't foul as much. Now he's on a team with guards who can't get into the paint, so the lob threat becomes less important when you can't get into the paint. So he's kind of just out there wandering around, no one, to, no one to kind of dive dive to the rim off of, and it's just, it's like you, you know, you have this great lob threat. You have no one to get him the ball because your point guard's stuck at the three-point line. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I don't know. All right. This was cathartic. Hopefully people can listen to this on <laughs> Saturday morning while they're doing and it's that, and it's that way off a win, which is like which shows you how bad the win actually was. 
they played a mostly G League team. Like I don't, I yeah. mean, everyone, and I, I like I'm as big a proponent of the G League as anybody. And this says a lot about the quality of players in the G League. Like there are a lot of really good guys. And the difference between the last hundred guys in the NBA and the first hundred guys in the G League is non-existent. Uh, so it's not to disparage them, but like mentally and emotionally, if you're the Wizards, this is the game you have to be hyped for. I'm not saying that those G leaguers for the Heat can't play. I'm just saying that if you're the Wizard, you should look at this and say, "Food, let's kill them." Not, right. "Oh, we don't have to try that hard." It's just yeah. it's a mindset thing. And if your coach can't get you hyped up for that shit, like, "Hey, the Heat always punk us. We should be hyped. This is a big game. Let's show the old guard that like we're good as shit too." And like, that, let's prove something. That's the other thing. When I was watching this, I was thinking to myself, how could Beals, Kuz, KP, they're looking at Gilbert and Quran, uh, Gilbert and Jameson right on the yeah. bench there. Right. And at some point, aren't you just embarrassed? I would have been. I was embarrassed for them. I was honestly, I mean, just like, oh man, I wish, uh, you know, I don't know how much like Wizards Gilbert Arenas is watching at this point, but I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, like this is what he got to see. I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, swear to God, no I tweeted the picture go- of him. Tw- he was texting someone the whole yeah. fourth quarter. There's no way Gil Gil goes back and does his next podcast. He's not going to speak glowingly about how good this was his roster. Championship or bust. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's something. Uh, Oz, any parting shots here before we call tonight? Uh, Or call it a morning, I guess, realistically. The non-athletic, slow first step, Johnny Davis caught a body in the G League, dunked on somebody. I guess maybe he's maybe a slightly better athlete than people give him credit for, you know? It's weird. It's almost like he did that somehow multiple times uh, in college to get drafted. He didn't just luck his way into a lottery pick. The guy hit effortless threes. Uh, I want to say he was three of four from three in that game. And the one that he missed, I swear to God, hit every part of the rim two and a half times before it rolled out. And that would have been the one to like, you know, win them the game. Realistically, he hit one to give them a one point lead with 90 seconds left. Oh, the and last was, game versus Maine, right? Yeah. The last one versus yeah. Maine. But he was like cold-blooded about it. And yeah. uh, I was like, wow, okay. This this dude is like not, there was no hesitancy about it. And like the swag is back tonight. He like dunked on a dude, like you said. He's up in dudes defensively. And and this is where someone will say, oh, but it's the G League. You know, he has to 10 threes there for it to count. You know, like, uh, okay, great. Well, you just saw what a bunch of G Leaguers did tonight. So, right. I mean- it is what it is. Is what it is. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Believe in Wizards, all that good stuff. We'll do one more podcast before Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take some comments, questions. Maybe we'll do kind of an early quarter of the season check-in. We're, we're almost to that point here. Uh, so if you have anything you want us to talk about, let us know. As always, rate, review, subscribe. Oz, thank you again, man. Appreciate you doing this late night. Uh, you're Absolutely. a real one. So thanks. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it's like a tough ask for me to be like, hey, this was a shit game. Want to talk about it immediately after in the middle of the night? So, <laughs> so oh yeah, I owe you a big time. No, no, all good. I loved it, you know? All right, uh, everybody, uh, we'll talk to you soon. And as always, we were presented by betonline.ag.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.